Let me know if this sounds like you. You're a teacher who's at their wits end, burned out, or maybe you're just stressed to the max. You want to get on the road to burnout recovery, but you don't know what to do, how to get there, or if it's even possible. I hear you and I want to help, but we didn't get into burnout on the same path. So why should recovery be any different? That's why I wanted to share with you a brand new free resource that I have on my website. It's called the Personalized Roadmap to Teacher Burnout Recovery. In this quick, less than five minute quiz, you'll answer questions that will help identify your needs, your strengths, and your weaknesses. Once you've completed it, you will have access to the personalized roadmap to burnout recovery that's going to give you your next best steps to take on your recovery journey, packed with resources and support along the way. Head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash quiz or head over to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see your action steps along the way. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to episode 31 of the Resilient Teacher Podcast. Are you a teacher looking to create a more positive, like supportive classroom environment, or just looking for a way to make a bigger impact in our classrooms and communities? I guess that was a silly question because why else would you be here? Look no further. In this episode, we're going to explore the crucial role of teacher social emotional learning and how it benefits both teachers and students as we chat with Elizabeth Peterson from the Inspire Classroom. You're going to learn why SEL isn't just for students, but also a crucial aspect of being successful and having a fulfilling teaching career. We're also going to dive into a guided exercise and why Elizabeth calls it S-E-A-L or SEAL. So let's jump right in. Hey there, and welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, the podcast giving overwhelmed and burned out teachers inspiration, sustainable strategies, and reigniting passion for teaching. I'm Brittany, a special education teacher and teacher resilience and retention strategist, and I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize their self-care routines so that they can live a balanced, fulfilling life as an educator while making a bigger impact in their classrooms and communities. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, mindset shifts, and discussing hot topics in teacher resilience with other knowledgeable experts so that you can ditch the overwhelm, prevent burnout, and create the life you've been dreaming about. So let's get started, and let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. Before we get into this episode, I want to give a community shout out to Allison Williams, who hit me up on DMs on Instagram, and she said, I'm so glad I found you through Amber. I'm going to be catching up on your episodes every morning on my commute. Thank you so much for your work. And I want to say, hey, Allison, if you're listening on your break, because hopefully you're already out for the holidays and not listening on your commute, thank you so much for taking the time to share your burnout experience with me in the DMs and just taking that time to have that dialogue with me. Like I really love chatting with other educators and I want to make this known. When I create these episodes, that's absolutely my goal is to create these practical methods or these ways of explaining how to recover from and prevent burnout and also for you to listen and be like, hey, I need to chat with this girl so that we can actually create this supportive community of teachers that so many of us don't have in our schools and districts. And it just means so much to me that what I'm doing, what I'm crafting, what I'm bringing to educators is helping support you. So if you're here, thank you so much for being with me today. It would mean the world to me if you would leave the show a rating and review. I have a goal to hit 30 podcast reviews by the end of 2022, and we are still very close to that. It literally takes two seconds. 
experience. It's like clickety-clack, you know, type a review on your phone right now, type of review, and we can really hit that goal. It also helps to support the podcast in reaching more ear holes of educators who need this type of mindset shift, support, validation, all that good stuff. So yes, please go and do that or send me a DM on Instagram. And once we hit that goal that I'm going to be doing a podcast only giveaway. So if you do that little review, please make sure you just DM me on Instagram so I can put your name in a virtual hat once we reach that goal of 30 reviews. So SEL is a big buzzword. We've heard how powerful it is, how it needs to be implemented for our students, but what about the teachers? You know, SEL or social emotional learning is a lifelong process. It's where we gather this knowledge, these skills, this attitude that really support us in managing our emotions, navigating those social interactions, and really just regulation in general. It doesn't stop being important once we get to adulting, right? (laughs) I believe that SEL for teachers is one of these components that's really missing in our current system because the power of SEL is really in its ability to improve our well-being, our effectiveness, even for us as educators. When we have this SEL practice or this reflection time, we can better handle these challenges and demands of teaching where we're more satisfied with our jobs, but also really impact us to the point that we have better classroom management, better student outcomes, which is really just a ripple effect into our classroom, our school, and our community culture. And if you've never heard me say this before, I am a huge proponent for individualizing your burnout recovery and your personal SEL. This is going to look very different for different people. And there's so many resources that are evidence-based to really help support us. That's why I had to have on Elizabeth Peterson to the podcast because She gets it. She gets it. She really understands one of the ways that really can impact our teacher SEL. Elizabeth Peterson loves helping caring, creative educators bring the arts practically and meaningfully into their classrooms. She's an arts integration specialist with degrees in arts, leadership and learning, and she hosts the inspiredclassroom.com. Elizabeth is the creator of SE. AL, which is social emotional artistic learning, it's a unique and holistic method for integrating the arts with SEL. She is in her 24th year of teaching and 16th year of hosting workshops, retreats, and online courses in arts integration and SEAL. Elizabeth believes that when caring, creative teachers feel empowered with SEAL strategies in their classroom, they can make a difference in their students' lives every day. Elizabeth, I am so excited to chat with you here on the Resilient Teacher Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, you're so welcome. And thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk about this such an important topic. Yes. And you're an integrative arts and social emotional learning coach. Is that right? That is. And I think this is a really important topic to cover because so often we have social emotional learning focus for our students, which is absolutely important. But I believe that social emotional learning is a lifelong process. So it should be emphasized for our educators as well. So can you share a little bit about your teaching journey? What led you to social emotional learning? Certainly. Yeah. So I this is my 24th year of teaching. I'm teaching third grade this year. I had a um I've been in the upper elementary um for most of my career. I did have a stint of about seven years teaching middle school music. And um 
it's been amazing to see the changes in not just education itself, but in the students. And of course, also in the teachers. And it's been evident, um, I would say for at least about the last seven to 10 years that students' needs and their, and specifically their social and emotional needs have been growing and growing. Yeah. Truly year after year. <laughs> yeah. And, and that has certainly taken a toll on the teachers. And so as, um, you know, as an arts integration specialist, I've been giving workshops for about 16 years now. And, um, when the idea of social emotional learning came into my district and, um, we were sitting there learning about all these different competencies and how we were going to be implementing them and stuff, my ears perked up because A, I knew that it was something that we totally needed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and B, Every time the presenter would talk about another competency, all I could think of was, we can do that with the arts. Mm -hmm. Like building community, we do that in music all the time. You know, self-management, self-awareness, we do that with visual art. You know, social awareness, there's no better art form than drama to do that type of work. And so I was able to go back into my own classroom and just create some of these really great arts-integrated projects, small, medium, large, um, and try things out with my students. And I was really pleased with how they responded to it. And so that's how I got really started into integrating the arts specifically with social emotional learning. And then of course, being able to present these ideas at workshops for the teachers, I could tell how much they needed them for themselves as well. And what I love about, you know, um, the way that we can do arts integrated workshops and courses is that we can really involve the teachers in the learning and they can go through the artistic processes themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's what truly makes the learning for them so personal and then they're also translating it into the classroom. That's what makes it so powerful. Yeah. Cause then it's, it's like, one, two, and together. And that's awesome. Yes. So yeah. in your area of expertise, like what does social emotional learning look like for educators? Yeah. So it just kind of becomes part of what teachers do. Um, and I think that that's the best way to go about social emotional learning in general. And it certainly is true with integrating the arts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so First and foremost, I believe that um, anything you're going to do with SEL needs to be part of your mindset first, mm-hmm. um, as well as your methods. And that's why in SEAL, which is my baby, the social emotional artistic learning, um, that method of bringing social emotional skills into the classroom through the arts really goes into three phases of um, implementation. And that first one is all about mindset. And in that we talk about, you know, everything from your role as it's evolving as a teacher, um, you know, how to set up your classroom and, and really bring your best forward for your students, how to, how to connect with your students. And of course that teacher self care, which is really the key to everything. Yeah. I, I, you know, the teacher, I truly believe uh, that the teacher is the most important part of the classroom. And so we can have the best curriculum money can buy, but it really comes down to the teacher and making sure that we've got um, happy teachers 
so that we can have happy kids. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I, I've talked about that too, like how we have our students and how they perceive education is really impacted by our teachers. And currently we have all of these teachers who are struggling with burnout. And it, there's actually some studies that have been done where you can see the contagion of burnout from mm-hmm. administrators to teachers, from teachers to teachers, from teachers to students. And so really implementing that really sounds like a great way to start making a difference in our classrooms and in ourselves so that we're not burning out. So that I love that you're talking about um, your approach to that through the arts integration. And there's definitely a lot of hurdles that teachers have in terms of self-care. We've got time, we've got energy, and most don't really know how to find things that feel authentic to them. And Mm-hmm. So they get this menu of items, you know, they'll have these yeah. professional developments and it just seems like another thing to do, you know? And so <laughs> yes. what creative ways do you have to suggest for educators who are looking for that more authentic self-care? So true. Especially when <laughs> you mentioned, you know, how schools are now giving professional development on self-care and it's like, okay, now you're making me do this, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, very truthfully, you know, I think that maybe the best PD that um, schools can do for their teachers for self-care is to give them the time Yeah, because teachers, people just in general, in order to really find what's going to work for you with your self-care, you need that time mm-hmm. to really reflect on what's going to work with work for you. I mean, that's true adult SEL, right? Mm-hmm. Being self-aware, giving yourself the moment to think about what's going to really um, work for them. So, you know, if you if you have a menu of items, which is fantastic to have because sometimes it's hard to brainstorm, right. <laughs> even, you know, get a few ideas out there. But if you have that menu of items and then really see what speaks to you, right? So, you know, some people, um, they need to learn how to say no. And that Mm -hmm. is a form of self-care. And others need to just get a grip on their sleeping patterns Mm -hmm. (laughs) and recognize that they need that. You know, some people might need a quick 10-minute nap when they get home from school. And others just need like that. Um, that moment to relish an afternoon cup of coffee in the dark and in the quiet. So it's right. I mean, it's just so not one size is going to fit all. And, and it's really important that, um, administrators kind of recognize that and are willing to give teachers that time, um, time anyway. I mean, that could be a whole nother topic, right? Right. right. (laughs) Give us some time. But to, you know, if they, if they really want to focus on that adult social emotional care, um, I think it's really important that we're given the time to, um, to do that Mm -hmm. or take that time or take that time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just take it. (laughs) I think the whole idea behind those self-care menus was good because then you could choose something, but then it didn't really take into consideration that, you know, teachers are struggling with like decision fatigue and things like that. So then it's like, Oh, there's another thing. And I I don't want to, I can't decide. Oh yes. (laughs) Yes. And I I heard that uh, podcast you did on that. And I just was like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is right. On. (laughs) So when we're looking at authentic self care and things like that, like I've talked about um, in my program, we talk about how to evaluate that, how to see what that is, and really 
like making intentional time for you in a way that best serves you because I'm a special Mm -hmm. educator. So my ideas are very individualized and your ideas are more arts integrated, which I think is a huge piece. And many people connect with the arts in different ways. And, you know, mindset's another area that teachers struggle in when it comes to burnout recovery and prevention. Mm -hmm. You know, what is the biggest mindset shift that you recommend for teachers who are struggling or are recovering from burnout? I really hate to interrupt this episode, but I've got to bring you this really quick and remind you that getting help from a licensed professional is not a weakness. If you've listened to more than just this episode, you will notice that all of the educators that I speak with cite that therapy helped them through their tough times. And hey, while this podcast is meant to be helpful, it is not a replacement for therapy. I know so many educators who struggle with finding quality therapy near them or have difficulty managing appointments to see a therapist when our schedules as educators aren't really conducive for appointments to get help. That's why I've partnered with Talkspace, which is a comprehensive online mental health treatment website with various options to meet all of your needs. You can get ongoing support from a licensed professional from the comfort of your home, your car, wherever, because it's completely virtual and they accept many insurance plans as well. Stop putting yourself on the back burner because of the commute times and the scheduling hassles. Head over and save $100 on your first month at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash Talkspace and use the code SPACE, S-P-A-C-E, for flexible plans to meet your needs and lifestyles and save money while receiving high-quality mental health care. Back to the episode. Control. It really has to do with control and understanding that you can control certain things and there are others that you can't control. And those things that you truly cannot control, you've got to let go of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm sure I, I know you were on the same page with me on this one. <laughs> I am. Uh huh. Uh huh. And so, um, you know, I've, I've, had many times where, you know, over the years where I've been in the uh, hallway with teachers and, you know, we start talking about all these different things that are happening in the school and, you know, curriculums and, uh, you know, initiatives and all this stuff. And it, it didn't dawn on me until I actually started thinking about this whole idea of control a few years back where it's like, okay, we're getting nowhere here. <laughs> Yeah. We are just festering this negativity, which we need to get, you know, we need to walk away from. Mm -hmm. And, um, if there's some, if there's nothing we can do, we need to just like stop talking about it. We need to just let it go. Yeah. And, and, and decide, you know, what are some of the things that we can control? Um, Things like, you know, how we set up our classrooms, mm-hmm. um, how we greet our students when they walk in, the activities that we do with our students, um, how we talk to our students and how we take a moment to listen to our students. And all those things are things that we can change. And there are certain things that we might have a little influence on, but it's, it's so, it's a hard thing to realize for so many people, but once you get that mindset in, in your head mm-hmm. that, okay, this really isn't something I can control and just let it go. Yeah. And it's so freeing. <laughs> yes. You know, they, they talk about in psychology, your locus of control. And, yes. and so often I think teachers are focusing on those things that are not within their locus of control. They're, they're struggling with the idea that I need to fix this. I need to fix this. 
Mm. But you can't fix things unless you start at a smaller scale, which is in your locus of control. And then it becomes kind of a ripple effect that affects other people and your students and your colleagues and your administrators and your communities. It's Mm. like a huge thing that happens. It really is. And, you know, I think this idea of social emotional learning, especially for teachers, is not really talked about enough, you know, and Mm. I, I think that we want to start implementing these things so that it is brought about, that it is talked about more um, so that teachers realize it's not just some fluffy thing that we do a lesson on in the classroom, you know, once a week, or it's not, it's not like that. It's a more, it's a more broad thing. So do you have any suggestions for teachers to incorporate more social emotional learning or SEAL, you know, to Mm -hmm. best meet their personal needs and their students' needs? Yes, yes. So I mean, we could talk about so many ideas and, you know, the way that you way that you talk and the questions that you might ask just during a regular content lesson that you're doing. But one thing that I do encourage with all of my SEAL teachers and just about anyone that will listen to me yeah. <laughs> is that one, every once in a while, you really need to pause what you're doing and do something creative with your students. Yeah. And uh, it can be such a game changer um, for yourself, for your students, for building relationships. And, you know, every once in a while, um, you know, I'll get into this um, almost like rut or I feel like, oh, you know, things are just not jiving or whatever it might be. And I know that that's like an alarm in my head that says, okay, you need to pause what you're doing. Find a time to do something with your students that's creative and it's going to bring you guys back together. For example, just yesterday, <laughs> my kids were super restless. You know, uh, we had silent reading time. It was just not working. And so um, at the last second, I said, okay, I'm thinking to my, myself, okay, some of you are just staring at a book and not even reading. I said, yeah. okay, so let's do, <laughs> You this can be reading, writing, or drawing time just for today. and the kids' faces started to light up and they're like, okay, the room got super quiet. Everybody just got like, I had um, half sheets of recycled paper that I was stapling. Kids were smiling. They were busy at work. But the best part was that uh, not only were they, you know, kind of putting some ideas down or just having a moment to themselves, but they were starting to share, like they would come up to me and they would share something. And it was, it was so infectious that I had to make sure we spent a little bit of time, you know, grouping up and, you know, everyone shared what they worked on, whether it was a silent reading or it was making a little cartoon book or whatever it might be. And so it was just such a nice uh, moment inside the classroom where we were blatantly building relationships, (laughs) you know, and sharing with one another. And it was definitely that moment where I was able to just pause and kind of just go um, off book a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, for some teachers, it might be like, um, a lesson that they want to dust off and bring back because they know that they do it well or they know that their students responded well to it. Yeah. You know, it's just, I, I really feel like pausing and doing something creative can be just a game changer for your, for your classroom. Yeah. I mean, especially for those teachers who really connect with the arts and things like that. But even for teachers who that may not feel like 
authentic at first, once they get started being a little bit more creative in the classroom and starting those mm-hmm. things, I can see how that can really build those relationships, get those topics, you know, get the kids talking about certain topics. And it also feels better. It's like they're not focused so much on a curriculum. It's more authentic communication, authentic, you know, um, back and forth in the classroom. So, yeah. And I've really been focusing like a lot in this month of episodes on helping educators reclaim their passion for teaching. So what are some creative ways that teachers can deal you know, with the burnout and reclaim their passion for teaching. I know. I love that you say passion for teaching because that's, I actually have a workshop that is called Reignite Your Passion for Teaching, you know, and we, we go, I take teachers through this process of reflection and art creation that can really help them deal with some burnout. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that we do inside that workshop is look closely at um, what it means to be an effective and an ineffective teacher and consider how we can strive to work towards emulating those qualities that, you know, just really make an effective teacher. So they take things that we know and that we all have, but taking that time to really think it through is just a priceless thing. And then you can layer in some creative experiences with it, which we do in the workshop. And that's where the real magic happens. It's it's really about um, whether it's teachers or it's students, it's about the experiences mm-hmm. and understanding how the social emotional aspects kind of go in with that. And um, it can give it a, can give it a little try right now if you're game. Yeah. <laughs> Trying a little thing. Yeah. So um so if you think about this, we'll we'll do it nice and um nice and easy. Nothing too nothing too crazy right now. But if you close your eyes or you you um just kind of like put your head down and really think about how you feel on one of your toughest days, right? And, and just put a little bit of a, a label or an emotion to that. And maybe, maybe you feel overwhelmed. That was the word. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> Nailed was the it, word. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I'm hit. Maybe, you know, maybe someone's feeling empty or um, even judgmental, right? And, and what you want to do is just really think about how that feels in your body and how that feels in your heart. And, and also consider how that looks to others, whether it's your colleagues or your students. And when you think about that, you want to think, okay, let's go ahead and try and flip that around, right? So let's think about the opposite type of thing. So overwhelmed, let's change that to empowered. Or empty, let's change that to thankful. Or judgmental, let's, or, or even feeling judged on one of those tough days. Mm-hmm. Let's change that to free. And notice the changes in your body and how those feelings, those words make you feel, you know, the thankful, the empowered, the, the ability to have some freedom. And you can, and you can also kind of think about, you know, what, how do your students now see you when you're those things, those effective qualities of a teacher? And those are the types of things that we want to emulate. And when we can keep those words, um, we, we do it visually, right? With, with, uh, other teachers, I'll have them create something that's visual that can really help them to keep those words in mind. And when you keep those words in mind, it's, it's keeping those positive, 
vibes go going in you, right? Yeah. Because when you feel overwhelmed, you can fester in that overwhelm and that feels bad, right? right. It just feels bad. But if you can keep those positive, um, effective qualities in mind, then there's no room for the negativity, right? which is also scientifically That is scientifically <laughs> proven. Yes. Exactly. So that's why it's just so important. And you can do such great creative things with even just that idea of ineffective and effective qualities of a teacher. Yes. I love that you just brought, you know, the actual um, experience to the listeners and to me. I mean, I was, yeah. I was sitting here like overwhelmed and mm. you said overwhelmed and I was like, that's it. That was it. <laughs> and yeah. so I'm going to link the, um, your workshop in the show notes. That way, anybody who wants to go ahead and just experience the whole thing, um, they can go and do that, especially if they oh, really you. resonated with that, because that, I mean, that's a really great way of incorporating those ideas. And I also know that you have, a free workshop for social emotional learning and arts integration. So can you share with the listeners a little bit more about that too? Oh, sure. Yeah. So it's called The Three Secrets to Integrating the Arts with Social Emotional Learning. Um, I'm sure we'll do the link. It's the inspiredclassroom.com forward slash workshop. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. <laughs> and in it, I talk about some of the key strategies to teaching the arts Um or integrating the arts with social emotional learning and how to just do it well, like how to get into that frame of mind where whatever integration idea you bring into the classroom, why it's so important, how to do it well and really make a difference in your classroom without, and here's the trick, without piling more on top because that does nothing for us, right? Exactly, (laughs) exactly. And uh, really utilizing the arts to really embed just these good ideas that are going to help students. Yeah. So we're we're definitely going to link that one as well. Um, And I think that using the arts, so many times teachers really struggle with the idea of, well, I'm not artistic, so I can't do that. And it's not about that. Can you share just a little bit about how it's not if you're artistic or not and how arts integration has nothing to do with that? I'm so glad you brought that up. Yes. Yeah, because that, that is definitely one of the biggest, um, objections, uh, that teachers can have, or they feel confident in one art, but you know, they don't want to touch another one. Yeah. And there's a couple things. So one thing is you want to start with what you're comfortable with. And if that's visual art or if it's dance or whatever it might be, start there. But if it's poetry, start there. If it's listening to music, start there. Even if you don't feel like you're a musician, if it's cooking, start there. Like there are so many different um, art forms, um, interests, talents that we have that we can bring into the classroom. And that's where you start. And then you can build from there. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing to consider is that even if you're not um a masterful artist in in an art form, you got to remember that that's not a reason to take that away from your students. So, for example, um, I'm not a visual artist. I can I can do a pretty good stick figure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I have drawn things on the board, and kids have laughed at me. Yeah. <laughs> right, but. I'm not going to stop utilizing visual arts with them, right? And I've had classes, I'm, I'm sure you've had um, years where like 
you have students that are just so talented, right? And you want to give them that opportunity. And so I call it the arts integration frame of mind that you just, you know, pose, you can pose an an open-ended option for your students and kind of see where they go with it. Yeah. Um, And yeah, it's it's funny because I know a lot of teachers will impose their limitations on their their students. students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's a tricky thing. Yeah. And it's, and it takes a lot of courage to say, okay, well, I can't do this, but maybe you, eight year old, yeah. can do better than I. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and let's see what you can do. Yeah. And, um, and that's where you're going to get a lot more engagement and, um, just some great, great stuff is going to come out of your students when you do those things. Honestly, I love that you brought up the reframe, how you reframe that with, yeah. you know, I won't take that away from my students. My daughter is super artistic. I mean, like she is so visual, like visual artist type. And I love it. I, I'm, I'm not, but like, yeah. I, I, I'm just, I can do the stick figures. I can do those things, but yeah. she doesn't see that for like at all. And I'm so thankful that I have not given her that limiting belief. And I've talked about that in previous episodes about how your limiting beliefs can affect you, but I've never talked about how it can affect your students. So I really, really like that you brought that up. Yeah. So do you have any books or courses that you can recommend for educators who are looking to support their personal social emotional learning or those of their students that you can like share? Sure. Um, I have a couple of books that have really um, helped me to kind of just open my eyes to that grave importance of our job Mm -hmm. as teachers (laughs) and kind of get me to understand, you know, where some of my students might be coming from. Uh, The one is The Deepest Well by Nadine Burke Harris, Mm -hmm. right? It is so well written. Mm-hmm. It just does such a great job of helping you to see how much childhood experiences and trauma can really affect people. Yeah. Our students included, um, in, in the long term, both physically, emotionally. And it's just really, even if you just read the first 10 pages, mm-hmm. your mind would be like, Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have never, I've never read that book, but. Um, that is the third time that somebody has mentioned that book. So now I've got to go and order it. Yeah, you, you just <laughs> got to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and the, there's another one um, that I picked up a number of years ago. ago. It's called Attachment-Based Teaching mm-hmm. um, by uh, Louis Co- uh, Cozzolino. Mm-hmm. Um, and it discusses the importance of relationships and how that can greatly influence the quality of student learning. And it, um, it not only gives like brain based, um, information, but it also gives a lot of practical ideas yeah. of, you know, how to really utilize what you're learning in the classroom. Yeah. Um, and so that, that really was, uh, that was a game changer for me in really seeing the extreme importance of relationships in the classroom. So I'm going to put those in the show notes for anybody who wants to go and check those out. I'm definitely going to have to check out that first one (laughs) because that's the third time that it's been brought up. (laughs) So I feel like I need to read it. (laughs) I feel like I need to. Oh, that's too funny. Yeah. Yeah. 
For those listeners who want to develop further in their ability to integrate the arts, their social emotional learning for their students and for themselves, do you have any programs that would best fit their needs? And can you share a little bit about where they can find you to learn more from you? Yeah, I certainly do. I have two courses, online courses that deal with um, SEAL, social, emotional, artistic learning. Um, and they speak directly to integrating the arts with social, emotional learning. And what I think is so um, effective about both of these courses is that it not only talks about the integration of visual art, music, dance, and drama with all the social, emotional competencies that we want our students to develop, but it also really focuses yeah. on the teacher, which I truly believe is the we're the most important part of the classroom. Um, so if teachers want to learn more about the course, they can go right to my main website, theinspiredclassroom.com. Um, and of course, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, all the same handle, The Inspired Classroom. And I just, I love connecting with teachers and educators about these, um, about these topics because yes. it's just, I feel like um, we need to really take the reins and make the change in our own classrooms because um, we need to empower ourselves with these um, so that, so that we survive <laughs> and we thrive. Yeah. And exactly. thrive. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I am going to put those links in the show notes for everybody to go and follow you because I know that so many educators are going to want to start incorporating these things into their classroom and they're definitely going to learn so much from you. Elizabeth, I really enjoyed talking to you today and learning more about your SEAL strategies and all of that. It's, it's been a real pleasure hanging out with you today. Oh, thank you, Brittany. I can tell we have like-minded yes. <laughs> feelings about the, all of this good stuff. So yes. it was great to talk with you as well. Yes. Thank you so much. So just to recap really quick, Elizabeth gave us some powerful stuff in really beginning that process of SEAL and has so many resources to help support teachers in activating this mentality for their personal SEL. It's not just about the students because our personal social emotional learning is the ripple effect. It's that modeling that really brings all of it together. And now I'm not telling you that you have to use the arts in your burnout recovery or personal development. Certainly, there are tons of other ways that we can authentically connect to ourselves. But if you're just starting out recognizing that, hey, I don't have to start growing just because I'm an adult, I highly recommend starting with things like the arts to really get you in that state of flow that's going to release that stress and regulate your nervous system to allow you to get back to who you are. If you haven't listened to episode 29 with Isis Clay, where she talks about compassion fatigue, she also touched on some of her methods for using the arts to really connect to who you are and really benefit your social emotional development. So head over and listen to that episode next, and I'll drop the link in the show notes for easy access as well. Don't forget, you are a resilient teacher. We are in this together. You've got this. Before you go, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast to check out any links, freebies, and resources discussed in this episode so that you can start recovering from or preventing burnout and reigniting your passion for teaching. If you liked this episode and it helped you or made you think in any way, I know it will be for other educators too. So subscribe and leave a review so more educators can find this community as well. Did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the teachers in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and tell 
tag me and post it in your stories. What do you say that we start creating a trail for more teachers around us so that we can start to make the change in the system of education, how teachers are seen and respected, and for ourselves? I look forward to connecting with you more on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to chat more about burnout, resilience, and teacher support. I'll see you in the next episode.